when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, no! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends. Hi, this is Lisa Wilcox, and I'm talking here on Crazy Train Radio. So many, so many years. So, 
And the panel was a blast. Oh, my gosh. Yes, because, uh, and for those who don't know what she's talking about, you know, obviously most of the listeners are convention goers and all and familiar with panels and all, but Monster mm-hmm. Media did a uh, Nightmare 4 reunion and brought several mm-hmm. years in. You were there, Robert was there, Tuesday was there, and Danny was there, correct? Yep, yep, and uh, Andras, too, who plays Rick, yes, brother. Uh, yeah. as he calls himself the black sheep, I'm only quoting him, but... <laughs> Yes, I've known them all himself. for 28 years. <laughs> Which is scary the, that it's 28 years because you're only 32, so how does that work? <laughs> bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. You sound like you were a southern girl with a bless your heart. Oh, I am. I'm originally from Missouri, actually. Okay. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of, you know, Southern women, especially the older Southern women, a lot older than you, always, you know, when we're sitting around having a drink and, you know, poolside in the summer, and this time of year, they're like, oh, bless your heart, when they're talking about, <laughs> you know they're going to be, you know. Most yeah, of the time when they well, get it, it's, they're going to trash the person most of the time. <laughs> There's so some books on that, order. actually. Yeah, there are some books on that. There's an author, I can't think of her name right now, but she goes through all of the the Southern language, you know, and it's quite fascinating, actually. Anyway, uh, the yeah, interpretation. That would require me reading, for, though. I don't know how much. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, forget that. Yeah, I never so claimed to be that bright, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, too. Um, Well, after the drop call, you were saying about the Southern girls right when we lost you. Well, I'm tentatively moving to Nashville, and and um, I saw Robert in April, and then, of course, I saw him at Monster Mania, too, and he's like, so are you going to do it? You're going to move to Nashville? I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. He's like, high five. He's like, because Lisa, you're a Southern girl at heart. <laughs> you belong with your roots. It was very cute. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, since we're going off track here, uh, and you're looking at Nashville, why Nashville of all places are you looking for? Oh, it's just a fantastic city. It's beautiful. There's seasons. The I'm a such a tree, green grass, river, lake kind of person. Um, the people are wonderful. It's very much, um, and I have a lot of people in Los Angeles are actually moving there. Um, L.A. has just become such a cement jungle. Seriously. And I'm just ready for a change and a little peace and quiet. You can get a beautiful home for for pennies on the dollar compared to Los Angeles. And just ready for a little adventure, you know. And there's a lot of work as well in uh, in Georgia. Something like 13 shows are filming um, filming there now. So, yeah, ready for a little change. And, uh, you know, speaking of pennies on the dollar, uh I think it was uh, one of the Brady Bunch, according to the news media today, or on social media. One of the girls in the Brady Bunch sold her house that she bought at 11 out in Malibu, but that was here nor there. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Apparently at the time when they bought, what 11-year-old do you know is buying a home, but paid like 55000 and got $3.5 back, million back, so. I'd say that's a smart investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Indeed. Anyway, you know, uh, well, the Nashville thing I was going to bring up 
again, since you said that. It has nothing to do with your son who happens to be a musician, too. Is that true? He is a musician. He is. But, um, no, but I'm sure he'll he'll be visiting me, absolutely, and as well he should, and perhaps make some uh, connections and whatnot. Um, yeah, my son Alex is a musician. He's a, He composes his own music, writes his own music, and sings his own music. And he's actually getting radio play. He got radio play here in Los Angeles on 88.5 um, FM, and he's getting radio play in Spain and also in the U.K. Well, I don't know what style he plays. Excuse me for a sec. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry about that. Uh, but I have a couple of nice contacts in Nashville named singer-songwriters. We'll have to hook him up with, but we'll do that off air. Uh, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. That would so, be fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, and he has a very good grandfather was Robert was um, Robert Sherman um, of the Sherman Brothers who did all of the Winnie the Pooh music, Mary Poppins, They Rode, It's a Small World, after all, um, on and on and on. Um, so he, he definitely has the musical gene in him. Well, that's a good thing. But yeah. obviously, uh, most uh, let's go back into talking about you a little bit, not to work mm-hmm. on your ego or anything like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, most people recognize you, like we said, for Star Trek and Nightmare. Uh, when mm-hmm. you're at the conventions, uh, is there anything that most fans typically ask you that gets boring, or do you usually see uh, folks that have different and unique questions after doing them for so long, these shows? Um, well, I mean, probably the most asked question is, what was it like working with Robert England? Um, Which is a, a, an excellent question, you know. And uh, but oftentimes they share their stories of, you know, Nightmare 4 was the first Nightmare movie I ever saw, or it was the first Nightmare movie I ever saw in the theater. Uh, and And so... The, the questions do vary, you know. They ask about the special effects, and uh, I always have two every show. I'm telling you, someone brings something I've never seen before, whether it be a poster or some kind of prop or something they found on eBay or Amazon, and it's it's always so fun to sign these things too, you know. And to I, I, I half the time I'm taking pictures of what they bring to my table to sign. Well, do you find yourself collecting things since you always see unique things like that at shows? Like, do you go get a chance to go around and see uh, some of the things the vendors may have? I always do shopping on Sunday, always, 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 and just to see what's out there. I tend to – I can't say I have a collect um, movie memorabilia, but I do love jewelry, and they, they – oh, my gosh, these vendors make amazing things. There's a gal that makes these fabulous soaps like a Frankenstein head or teeth or or bats, and um, I love doing that. There's another vendor, gals, who make these really cute barrettes and neat jewelry, skull jewelry, handbags. Um, so that, I go more, I collect fashionable items. That's what I collect. And if push comes to shove, you can use those teeth or Frankensteins or whatever uh, oh. for your hygiene needs, but... <laughs> well, yeah, certainly, and Halloween, that's when you put, you know, decorate the house for Halloween and all the soaps are, you know, something Halloween-ish. There you go. So, uh, fun. But I always found it interesting. I heard this recently. Actually, I believe it was during Monster Mania weekend I heard this. Okay. Uh, about you with uh, 
the casting of Nightmare 4. I found it interesting that you had uh, learned of being cast during your honeymoon. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. And, of course, there's no cell phones at the time. So where were, can you tell that story? Where were you? And did you call the agent or did the agent track you down? Uh, well, uh, it was it's very interesting because I, I auditioned for the role of Alice, and then I had one callback, and Brooke Bees, who played Debbie, she was also in the callback um, waiting room. And uh, so I did my callback on a Friday. I got married that Sunday, big wedding, you know, 150 guests, that kind of thing. And then we went off to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And it was about mm, about five, four or five days into the honeymoon <laughs> that my manager called me because he did know where I was and uh, and told me I had landed the role of Alice. So I did have to leave my honeymoon early because they wanted to do some test photo shooting and, and whatnot. Um, but it was totally fine. Although I'll have to say uh, my now ex-husband wasn't particularly pleased. He was like, but we've paid for this whole hotel and, you know, we have to spend a honeymoon. I'm like, well, that's show business. Anyway, there you go. And I'm getting a check, a paycheck for this job, so it's not like I'm leaving early just because. Yes, a paycheck and the Writer's Guild strike is happening, and, my, um, and he is a writer. So, yeah, we kind of needed the, you know, it was, it was good that I was going to be working for, you know, two and a half months. Yeah, so. exactly. Now, yeah. I also had heard that you found that the makeup for the, when they, in Nightmare 4, when you did the older version of you working in the mm -hmm. diner was a lot harder than when you did the Freddy Maker makeup in 5. Well, they, they tried with the old age Alice makeup um, three different, you know, they tried one one way, sprayed your skin and this and that, but the results just weren't making me look old enough. Um, there was even at one point having my mother, because I look a lot like my mom, um, to play old Alice. But then they decided she didn't look old enough either. <laughs> so, so then they tried another um, uh, way of makeup. I don't remember what the second was, but I do know it was finally the third one, which was definitely more of a prosthetic that they had to put on my face to achieve the results that you see today. Oh, that, that's interesting. But, yeah, of course, your yeah. mom wouldn't have looked old enough because, as we discussed a few minutes ago, you were only four when you made the movie. So. <laughs> oh, again, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm mm. going too off track having too much fun with this, but, hey, that's the name of hey. the game, you know. Uh, yeah, right on. <laughs> With five, though, I noticed, and I compared to four when you watched the whole series, uh, there was a lot more social commentary.
Um, I, I think that would be an excellent evaluation. The, the, you know, they were very touchy subject matters for that time period, absolutely. Um, they also had to edit quite a bit of the, um, some of the graphics out as well because it was getting a, an X rating. Uh, so it, it, it did have some challenges, no question, um, for the time. Because, you know, yes, we're talking about teen pregnancy in 1989. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about, uh, I mean, really touchy stuff. So it was quite bold. I mean, it was bold It was and it was gritty to do in 89. Um, so, therefore, perhaps not as well received as Nightmare 4. 4 was definitely a, a, a lighter film. You know, the music and everything was, you know, totally happening. And, and, I mean, come on, you have Freddy on the beach in green sunglasses, okay? Most horror films are dark. You don't have a lot of lighting in horror films. So that before was definitely a, a lighter, um, you know, we'll call it the MTV version of the Nightmare movies. Um, and it was a date movie. I mean, you literally, it was, it was, a, it was a safe date movie. Uh, Nightmare Five? Mm, no, not so much. Yeah. No. But I still love both films, so independently. Yeah, they each have. They're like your own kids. Uh, you know, you like them for different reasons, but you like them overall. Yes. 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 You can't. It's hard to choose. It would be hard for me to choose. I mean, you know, four probably because the character arc that Alice goes through from, you know, the wallflower daydreamer to kicking butt. You know, um, that was a great as an actor those are the kind of roles you just love to play because of that character arc well did you find yourself uh have any close uh of your own personal attributes tied to alice oh my goodness yes grade school lisa wilcox grade school okay i am i read books constantly I'll read, in the summertime, I would read two books a day. I love to disappear into the fantasy of novels, Nancy Drew, ghost stories, Dracula. Um, I was a very avid reader and, and very timid, kept to myself, was shy. I, I literally, there was this really cute neighbor next door, Alan Edick. Hello, Alan, if you're listening to this. Super cute, and he would be outside you know, kicking the soccer ball around, and I would, um, my bedroom was upstairs, and I would literally gaze out the window, looking at Alan, kicking around the ball, going, I wish he would notice me. I so wish he would notice me. So that scene in the diner when Dan comes in with the cheerleader, and and I, I have this huge crush on him, um, that moment is, is so real to me, that longing, you know, for the cute boy that, uh, you just feel like you'll never, ever, ever look at you or have anything to do with you, you know. So, yeah, I, I was definitely a daydreamer um, to myself. So definitely a lot like Alice, for sure. Well, obviously, we've hinted at it a little bit. Well, not so much hinted at it, but obviously you're a mom now and took actually mm-hmm. a eight-year absence, if I read that correctly, from acting in your professional career. I guess to have your kids and be a stay-at-home mom and all. And mm-hmm. but in recent time, I've known you, you've done more. You back into acting full time now. Am I safe to say that? 
Yes, I am as of this year. Yep. Is that a, uh, would you say, a, how do I put this, a blessing? Because you know how hard it is to jump in and have any kind of success like you've had, but to take a break and then come back into it where a lot of people may not yeah. get a second coming? Well, you know, call me loco. That's totally fine. But I just have been, I feel really fortunate because so many of the folks that watch the Nightmare on Elm Street series have become, in their own right, well-known writers and directors and producers. And interesting enough, um, towards the end of last year, I was getting offers, just offers, um, out of the, out of the blue. And they, I've had an agent the whole time. It's just that she couldn't submit me on anything for auditioning, you know, but she would handle anything that would come in. So I, so like three projects came in at the end of the last year and, and then I went, you know what? And, uh, I did corporate world for five years as well. So, I decided, you know what, uh, this corporate thing isn't really working for me, and I'm just gonna jump back into my into acting career. It's kind of like it was beckoning me, you know. And I have now five projects on um that will be filming this year and on into next year. So I feel knocking on wood, you know. I feel so grateful that. Um, um, you know, I'm having, I'm getting to have a second coming, you know, and now I'm at a different age, so the roles are like doctors and lawyers and news, you know, just, you know, adult women. So I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm really, I'm really mature women, you know, so I feel really grateful. Yeah, because sometimes it's not like you were a child, you know, where you see a child actor who struggles, you know, when they hit you know, of adult age and, you know, because mm-hmm. you remember from those roles, but, you know, right. you, just, you just don't see too many, you know, who are that fortunate to be able to still get offers and everything else. Yeah, uh, yeah, and because, and now audition. Yeah. Uh, well, if you do auditions, do you notice uh, people judge you based on your resume because you have a pretty unique resume like I said Star Trek Nightmare Bill and Ted's and even at Cutie mm-hmm. MacGyver mm-hmm. yeah it ranges I have a lot of theater and theater and then, yeah sitcoms episodic pop operas TV movies films yeah I mean it's pretty it's pretty varied which I think is, is uh, works in my favor you know and I'm recognized just for one particular role that I, I've done, which is good too. I mean, I would say every role I've played, I have, there's a, I have a different look. I just, there's a different look. Um, so I think that's good, you know, as far as yeah, casting, actability. Yeah, sometimes, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're fortunate that you weren't typecast where others have been, so. Mm hmm. No. But have you ever yeah. had an issue where people, whether it's an audition or whatever, try to typecast you? Oh, you're only this because you did X, Y, Z? Well, I don't think so. I really, I don't. Um, I think that I've been, I've given, been given the opportunity to play a whole variety of different, um, types of film work. And, you know, 
Well, I just hinted at it there again. I'm using that word hinted too much lately. Uh, that, that for those who are old enough to know uh, or remember the show, which I think they're working on a movie or something, MacGyver. Mm-hmm. It was such a heartthrob in the 80s there. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you have any crush or anything like, oh, my God, when you were doing that role on the show? I was totally fine with with him, working with him. Uh, my, my husband actually flew up with me because he didn't trust the actor, so he wanted to be on set to, like, protect me. <laughs> um, but I didn't have any particular... I did a movie called Watchers 4 based on a book. If you are, any of you out there uh, uh, enjoy Dean Koontz, please, please. Uh, oh, the brilliant makeup artist did Watchers 4 for me to read a book called Watchers. It's called Watchers. That's what the original book is. And I was reading book on set, you know, in between filming and whatnot. And then years later, they cast tour, which is the one closest related to the original book, Watchers. I'll never forget getting that role, and Mark Hamill, um, you know, was the lead. We were kind of co- co-leads together, and uh, the first thing so we got is nervous. Nervous rep. I am telling you, oh my God, Luke Skywalker, for heaven's sake. Are you kidding me? Great huge Star Wars fan. So that one, yeah, that one definitely. And then George Clooney. I worked with George Clooney on an episodic, and uh, he was absolutely adorable, absolutely adorable. So those two stand out in my mind. That is for sure. But uh, did you? Uh, is there anybody that you're looking forward to trying to work with, or do you have a bucket list of guys or gals that you want to work with? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, gosh, I'm, maybe it sounds cliche, but Meryl Streep, I've been, admired her work forever, as well as many, many, many of us. Um, One of my top favorite, favorite films ever is Sophie's Choice. Just a brilliant film, brilliant, brilliant performance. French French Lieutenant Foreman, fantastic, versus Kramer. She's, I just, she's just a chameleon. Um... You know, Sandra Bullock, love to work with her. She seems like a kick in the pants. Um, be to- totally fun. Um, gosh, male actors, or I'm not sure who That would be a mm, Gosh, um, Jason Bateman. He was a doll. Great to work with on uh, Valerie's Family. Would love to work with him. Just seeing him, like, mature as an actor. He's, he's quite good, so... It's a little list. I should probably write it all down and put it in my wish box or something. Huh? That's what I'm going to do after this interview. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and I know I'll get kicked at or get yelled at uh, through social media if I don't ask about Fear Clinic. But uh, oh, yeah, wor- yeah, working. Yeah, that was what 2009, 2010 ish. Originally, yeah, yeah. Fear. Mhm. Yeah, we uh, did six. Six episodes, I believe, six, yeah. Something like that. And I, last I had heard, there was like some sort of crowdfunding, trying to get something going for, I believe, a movie. But how was that working uh, Working with Robert outside the makeup? 
but you also had cameos with guys like Kane Hodder and, you know, different people from the horror genre coming in to do Fear Clinic. Yeah, we, gosh, that was so fantastic um, to work with Robert without the makeup and a completely different character. I'm like his head nurse and, and, you know, we were kind of creating a backstory like we had a relationship at one time and so it was, it was so fun to work with Robert in a whole different, um, just a whole different scenario, you know, other than just, you know, Freddie and Alice. So it was a thrill. And he's a consummate actor, and I think we have mutual respect for each other. So it was it was so fun. I mean, Kane Hodder, that's actually the – I've worked with Kane now actually three times. He was also in Watchers 4. He's the, uh, the, the guy, like, at the convenience store that we're buying – we're collecting our groceries because we're going up to a cabin to stow away and – that and then and then uh, fear clinic and then we did something called nightmares last year together. So um, Kane is Kane is just I'm a big fan of Kane as well. And then I got to work with Daniel Harris too um, on fear clinic. So it was sweetheart. exciting. Oh, it was big sweetheart, and it was we had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it did uh, become a movie. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, it did. Yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, I remember the crowdfunding and everything that was going into that. Because that was the first time we were fortunate enough to talk to ho- to Robert and great guy, and it was funny because okay. it was right around the time of a Monster Mania that we did that ah. interview with him, uh, but in mm-hmm. Baltimore. But okay, you know, and you notice know from no from knowing the guy for almost thirty years, yeah, the man is such a storyteller. Like if you get a chance oh. to sit down and have a couple of drinks with him and dinner and just, you know yeah. just a relaxed setting. Yeah, it's it's fast, and uh, obviously you probably heard some of the same stories over and over again over time. But it's just so fascinating to sit and listen to that man's stories and let him run. Yes, he's uh, quite a raconteur, uh, no question about it. Um, I don't know if you read his book, but he does have some wonderful stories. And at the time that he was blossoming as an actor, and all of the other quote unknowns that became very known. What an exciting time um, that he got to explore and experience um, as a young actor, and then and then to land, you know, this, this you know, role of Freddy Krueger, you know. But he's such a articulate guy. He has a memory like a computer. I'm telling you, I don't know how sharp. he remembers all the things he does. So sharp, so so sharp, and and a, and a great storyteller. Very uh, engaging. Yes, and I always. Yeah, you know, my back, my personal background as well, besides communication mm. and all that, was a minor. Mm. In case I wanted to teach a minor in history, and his, oh, yes, his. You know, we we were talking over dinner one time when he we were in the same area. I was fortunate enough because not only am I a fan of his, but you know, mm-hmm. we we were sitting and discussing history and just get his like with the Roman Empire, and just, the other, the other person, not that I've ever met them, was uh, Toby, mm-hmm. Toby, uh, who did a Texas Chainsaw, I can't think of his last name, Brain Fart, but, okay. with the history background, history background, and just hearing about the oh. Roman, and Greek mythology, and, you know, Robert mm-hmm. just went on and on, and it was like, is this the same guy that, the fuck out of me in my dreams as a little kid. He, yeah, you know? he's so very well read. He's seen every film you can possibly imagine. Every time I see him, I said, "Okay, Robert, 
see. What have you seen? What do you recommend? I have this, I have this list, you know. I, there's one called The Green Room, one called Tabitha that he mentioned when I saw him in Matt Monstermania because we rode over from the airport to the hotel. And, uh, and of course, you know, we see each other all weekend. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he's my go-to for, okay, what's cool? What's, what's neat? What am I missing, you know? Because he'll know it. I need to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I I was aware of the trip over from the airport due to uh, your good old uh, boyfriend from 4 and 5, uh, Danny, was uh, barking out a little bit on Facebook, which was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God, I was on the plane with, yeah, and Robert and Lisa Mm -hmm. and uh, Lee Mm -hmm. Majors. And, you know, it was just hilarious. Mm -hmm. It was was very cute. Yeah, it was like he was a six-year-old kid. It was great. He is. He was a six-year-old back then, and he still is a He's eight he's now, so. Eight. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll give you eight. Maybe nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was cute because uh, we actually uh, ended up sitting in the same row on the way back to Los Angeles, which, you know, that's not planned. So. Who, you and Dan? Or? Yeah. Okay. It's cute. So, uh, and he's in, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, no, sorry. No, no, no. I believe he's from Seattle area, last I heard, oh, for real. But so Yeah, that, but he just I'm, recently moved. But you were saying that you had actually, you believe he moved and all, which, Danny seems like a cool dude, you know. We we just, you know, we're introduced and whatnot. Seems like a great dude. You know, if people yeah. want to see what Lisa Wilcox has go, got going on now, what's the best way they can follow you on uh, social media? Oh, yes. Um, well, there's Facebook, uh, of course. There's Lisa Wilcox, uh, my friend's page thing. And then there's Lisa E. Wilcox, which is more of the actor thing we can follow. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned that Lisa E. Wilcox, the professional page and the friend's page. Uh, and then I have Twitter. Yes. And Instagram. Yeah, Twitter is um, <clears throat> Lisa Wilcox one, and Instagram is the Lisa Wilcox. Which yeah, you because know, I guess somebody stole actual Lisa Wilcox. <laughs> well, um, my I had a web. Oh, and my website is www.lisaewilcox.com. There is a LisaWilcox.com website that I um, have lost. I, the, the guy who created it for me years and years ago, I've not been able to um, reach. So um, I just had a whole new website um, made this year, LisaEWilcox.com. Listen, you rat bastard. You know, I don't know who you are. If if you hear this, get a hold of her anyway. <laughs> you know, just common, common professional courtesy, you asshole. And I'm not I know. I know, I know, but it was to, to part of getting back into it. I actually re- did a business plan. There were so many things that I needed to accomplish to get relaunched, and of course, social media is a huge part of that now. Um, as, rather than you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it really didn't even exist. You know, yeah. So, uh, but I'm tr- I'm fairly active on it. I'm fairly active on it. So yeah, I love to hear from you guys. Uh, my website's a great place to go. It lists, you know, my next conventions, projects, and you can even see my professional acting reel on there if you would like to um, amuse yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about the social uh, media and all because 
I did tape something with a, another guest at Monster Mania because it was convenient for about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, on Friday night, and she it was it was hilarious because she is not of the technological age with social media and all, but she's still mm-hmm. fairly young. Mm. She's only in her. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to reveal the age. That wouldn't be right of me. But you know, <laughs> she's, she's she's not. You know, old. Okay. But yeah, it's funny because she goes, "Oh, my daughter is of that tech age because she's in. Uh. My daughter's only 23, so it's like she's that's her generation. Uh huh. And it's like. So, you know, we had to throw her daughter under the bus. Yeah, hook mom up, will you? You know, come on. <laughs> well, I actually did hire a PR company for a few months just to help me get started and created. And, and they were awesome because they also know to, like, find anniversaries of different, of you know, the different things I've done on my resume, like the Brady Bunch, you know, Star Trek, whatever, um, and post things, you know. But I, but I also always check, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm now much more on top of it, and I've learned it, you know, and embraced and embraced it. So, well, is that something you got to ask your boys to go? Uh, hey, uh, what's this? What's that? You know. Oh, I do. Yes, especially when I got my, I finally got an iPhone. Oh gosh, about mm, probably four or five years, five years ago, I finally got an iPhone. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. But then the boys got iPhones, and I'm like, oh. I have built-in instructors right here with two of my kids. <laughs> so I, hey, I, I jumped off it. this month, show mom how to do this, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they, they taught me. And, and, oh, my gosh. Love my iPhone. Love my iPad. What did we do without it? Oh, yeah. I'm, it's funny. I'm trying to teach my mom. I'm lear- learning. I know enough to get by, but I'm not like mm-hmm. that. I'm not like that guy from this Saturday Night Live. Move. You know, the, like, the <laughs> town or whatever. Move. But it's like, now I'm trying to teach my mom. Good. Yeah, yeah, who's in her, you know, about the same age as the person I was discussing earlier. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't mean to throw this, when it comes to tech with kids, at the time my godson was three, two and a half, three. Yeah. And called me on Skype from his mom's computer to check on a boobo. And it's like, uh, did mom get you on the computer? No. Oh, no so, way. So, you know, out of, out of screen so he wouldn't see. I'm texting his mother, go, because I don't know what's on her computer. It's like, you might want to see what your son is doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah he yeah, logged on to her computer and logged on oh, to her Skype. It, just, oh, God. It, no, it was it, cute. Yeah, you know, they say, "Hey, how's your boo boo doing?" Three. Yeah, I'm sitting there. Wow. I'm sitting there texting his mom off the off the screen, going, mm-hmm. "You might want to see what your son is doing." Mhm, mhm, mhm. Uh, well, uh, it's changed. Even in the acting world, it's changed because everything is done, you know, by a video camera, and it's sent off to the directors and producers. You know, in the old days, you had you had got your call back, you met with network. There'd be I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 15 people in that room, from network to the director, the writer, you know, the casting director, all there, and you do your do your scene, and oh, my God, very, it was like doing a little, you know, one act and having an audience, you know. Um, and, and so when I met with my agent to say, hey, you know, you can, I'm, I'm doing it, you can submit me now actually for roles and, and whatnot, and I said to her, how many um, 
eight by ten headshots do you need? You know, hard copy. And she kind of laughed and she said, "Oh, Lisa, I haven't used hard copy eight by tens in three years." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay." It's all online. It's all online where we actors subscribe to like Actors Access and we post our photos there, and that's how auditions, how you're submitted now, completely well, changed. Well, I'll put it this way uh, then for a final question. How do you like that with the changes in the business compared to hard copies and going to meet with the casting and everything you just described there? Do you like doing it where you can not have to leave the house for certain things, or would you rather you – know, which side of the fence are you over that? Gosh, it's really bittersweet because, quite frankly, there's nothing that can replace a three-dimensional person in that room. You get their vibe, you know. The director sees you full as a, you know, not as a screen, but as a person. And, you you know, you get a sense of who they are, you know. Um, I do know um, his name. He does Supernatural. He's the co-executive producer, Jim McBride. I think his name is. And, and he still does it old school. He still has the actors come into the room, and he wants to see them and meet them and get a, a sense of them, you know. But for the most part, no, it's all just videotaped. The, the, part, the nice part about that now is that I don't have to live in Los Angeles, so I don't want to because we can audition remotely now. We have our iPhone with the video or, or whatever. And, and um, in fact, I was doing a show in, um, oh, gosh, where was I? I was at Dallas, and my agent called and said, well, of course you have an audition, and I know you're out of town. Well, I was at a show. Uh, my friend, uh, Mel House, who I've done a couple projects with, he's a writer-director, um, he, I, I texted him. I said, I have an audition. Can you film me? And then I had, um, uh, it was Andras was at the show, too, and he was the guy I read lines with, uh, you know, <laughs> off camera. So it was actually perfect. So, you know, it's come see, come saw. I don't know. But I have to say I miss the old days when you got to meet in person, you know, unless you yeah, Because, you know, it's funny. But, yeah, when we were chatting back and forth, uh, I confirmed the night about an hour or so ago. You know, I was finishing doing some editing for a commercial for a sponsor. And, uh-huh. you know, they're like, hey, we love it, we love it. You know, we like what you did, no problem, thank you, because we did a video version as well. And, mm. uh, and of course, you know, just I sent them a message on Facebook to respond. It was told, said in, like, a dirty manner, you know, double George Carlin double entendre type deal. And he's mm-hmm. like... And, because you couldn't get the vibe where if I said it the same thing vocally, if we were in the same room or on the phone or anything, it's like, he's yeah, like, he's like, dude, did, was that for the wrong person? I was like, no, oh. I think of, yeah, it was just one of those. Think about it. He goes, oh, sarcasm. He's like, you know, uh-huh. I enjoy you know the interaction with the actual person where they can get that yeah. vibe. Yeah, get a sense of who they are, what they're like. Or you know, you can't get that just by seeing them do an acting scene, you know, videotape yeah, lines. And I apologize, it was Ricky Dean. Ricky Dean ran lines. Andras was there too, but Ricky Dean ran lines off camera with me. Okay. So, Hi, Ricky. Bit. <laughs> hey, Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Andres, you can go back to being a black sheep. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be getting a, I'll be getting a message about that when this is posted. So okay, great. And yeah. And all kinds of... <laughs> Uh, so uh, you hear, you hear uh, yeah, we're, we're having too much fun. This ain't right. 
but we know you have another interview to go to. Uh, follow her on social media and her website and all that other fun stuff. Lisa, oh. thank you so much. Thank you. Have everyone have a great day, great evening. Crazy Train Radio. Don't take a nap.